At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Top of the hour here on VSIN. This is Live Bet Saturday presented by Draft Live in downtown Vegas at the Circuit Resort and Sportsbook. Will hanging out on the East Coast as well. And joining us now, he is a college football NFL draft analyst for the Believe Network. He is Joe DeLeon. Follow him on social media at Joe DeLeon. And, and Joe, I think um, we were talking during the break here, and we had a great draft discussion uh, before you hopped on in our last segment. And it just kind of revolves. It, it all starts and ends with the quarterbacks. And, and this draft specifically, how each team views each quarterback is going to come the list. And the Bears at the top, we think they're going to draft a quarterback. We don't know for sure. I am basically 100% sure that Washington will draft it at two. And, and that's where things kind of get interesting. Um, after that, but there are three really good quarterbacks in this draft, maybe four if you throw in J.J. McCarthy, but Drake May is someone that you think is either not being talked about enough or being talked about too much. What is your vibe on Drake May kind of in the middle of the pack of this quarterback group as we head to the draft? Yeah, I think right now there's this really intriguing conversation with him. There's the, the typical overthink that happens with one quarterback prospect uh, at the top of the draft, and Drake May is that guy. If you all remember last year, we did this with C.J. Stroud. We talked about his S2 cognitive test. We talked about his ability to make decisions uh, on the field and think quickly. And right now we're doing this with Drake May, and it seems like over the past couple of weeks and this pa- past week since the Super Bowl, we've really dove into this overthink on him. He is a very, very, very talented quarterback prospect. He has all of the tools. His ability to fit the ball into extremely tight windows for me is what is the most impressive part about his game. I really believe, and I brought up C.J. Stroud for a reason, I think that Drake May in this class is going to be like C.J. Stroud. He's going to be like Justin Herbert. We're going to waste so much time over-evaluating the kid, and then he's going to probably hit the ground running as a rookie because he's just such a natural at the position and we're going to be thinking to ourselves in the middle of the season, you're going to hear everybody in the major media that was giving him a hard time saying, how did we let this guy fall where he did, and why didn't we say that he was one of the best quarterbacks in the draft? Joe, any sense on how the Bears feel about Williams? Like, even if they draft him, do you get the sense that, hey, we're, we're so happy, we're so lucky to get this guy, or it's, hey, this is just, you know, he's the projected number one pick, he's generational, we have that pick, so we have to take him. Any sense on where the Bears are with Williams? Yeah, I think that the uh, the smartest decision for, for them is to hit that reset on their quarterback contract clock. It makes the most sense for them to completely start over because they've got all the pieces, but they're realistically a year, a year and a half away from being at that point where they can actually be in a competitive position. So for them to try and build on Justin Fields and then for – them to finally in the, be in the position to compete for the playoffs, they are going to have to give him a bigger contract. They're going to have to give him a huge deal. We've seen in the past that some of these teams that have had significant benefits from not having to spend their money on quarterbacks 
and be able to put more money towards other positions. Not every team can be like the Kansas City Chiefs where they find success with mid to late round guys as easily as they did, despite the massive quarterback contract that is, that is on their books. And Joe Burrow is a really good example with the, uh, with the Bengals where it's so tough and difficult now for this upcoming free agency to even bring back a guy like T Higgins. They're probably franchise tagging him. So it makes the most sense. And it's starting to really sound like despite talent on either level, both are very talented players. Justin Fields, really started to feel like he was getting to that point at the end of the season where you started to see where all of those traits and tools that he had when he was drafted, it was all starting to slowly come to fruition, but it's not even really a a talent conversation for me. It's just a matter of save some money, have a little bit of extra room in the cap, go and spend some money on free agency, this upcoming free agency and the following, and you could potentially have a, a really good team and compete really effectively in the NFC North. Joe DeLeon's joining us. He's a college football NFL draft analyst for the Believe Network. Follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. And, and Joe, I think it, to continue this conversation, right, we haven't talked a whole lot about who we think is going to be the number one quarterback in this class, and that is Caleb Williams. You heard the Merrill Hodge scathing review a couple weeks ago during Super Bowl uh, media week. I, I don't know if I fully agree, but it's hard to ignore the fact that he was the only one ringing the red flag or ringing the bell about the red flags about Johnny Manziel uh, 10 years ago when he was doing this for uh, a bigger network. It, do you buy what Merrill said about Caleb Williams? Are there red flags? Or was this year just a really difficult year for USC? And maybe we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. I kind of appreciate the way that Merrill went about evaluating him. And most of his conversation was about his style of play. And I think that a lot of the things that get brought up with his, his play style, it is concerning because it's backyard football. It is improv improvising a ton and, and trying to make plays on the fly. And if you're a drop pa- drop back old school offensive coordinator that thinks that way, I don't really know if Caleb Williams could fit that perfectly. So I at least appreciate that Merrill is not doing what some others that I've seen uh, plenty on Twitter, and we're going to get plenty of other big um, media personalities that try to paint this picture that he's he's a, not a good kid and he's not going to work in the NFL because he's immature. I will say, though, I don't agree, agree with Merrill, though. I, I think that the microscope that he was under, that Caleb Williams was under, was because of the fact that he won the Heisman Trophy, and then the following year they struggled so much, and he was the only player – in their offense that was as good as he was to move the ball forward. And when he struggled, their offense completely disappeared. And the biggest part about this is the kid is a very controversial player because of the things that he did with painting his nails and the way that he handled himself in uh, post-game press conferences. But he's young, and I think that eventually he's going to, to work out of it. I mean, we've put up with Aaron Rodgers, and the guy is almost 40, and he is on you know, his personality – it's terrible to deal with. So I, I think that Caleb Williams is going to be fine. I think uh, if he lands in the right situation, if he lands in a, in a patient fan base and a, a patient front office and allow for things to build around him, he's going to be a really good player. And reminds me a lot of his play style to Kyler Murray. If he was a little bit bigger that he can move on the run, throw on the run and his ball velocity is just fantastic with the way that he can throw across the field and across his body. I, I'm all in on Caleb Williams. Joel, a market a lot of people are interested in, or a popular market, I should say, first non-quarterback picked. Now, everyone assumes it's Harrison. It probably Harrison. Uh, could you make a case for, for neighbors, for somebody else, an offensive lineman, or do you think it's just a foregone conclusion it is Harrison as the first non-QB? It's all going to come down to if there's any trades. I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. makes the most sense, and one of the most commonly mocked picks that we're going to see throughout this whole cycle is going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. ending up with the Arizona Cardinals. But there's a realistic shot, and you brought this up earlier with all these quarterback options for teams, um, that a team that is afraid of missing out on getting their guy, especially because we're already hearing possibilities that the NFL is not super excited about next year's class outside of Carson Beck, it thins out very, very quickly, that a lot of teams, and we've seen this in the past in these situations when they're looking ahead, they're very quick to decide and say, We don't want to be put in this position, so we're going to trade up. So if Marvin Harrison Jr. doesn't end up going and say somebody 
somebody trades up and you know that that five spot there with the uh with the los angeles chargers they could go brock bowers because they're a bit full on receiver right now depending on if mike williams comes back or joe alt from notre dame makes a lot of sense he is tremendously talented he is so tall and flexible for his size and the way that he can move he is built to be an all pro a rare player that we just don't see often just like Brock Bowers is, just like Marvin Harrison is. Joe, what's your take on J.J. McCarthy? I, I hope you're not in the uh, in, in the Harbaugh category of first quarterback off the board. I think that was a bit <laughs> of a hyperbole, probably pumping up his guy a little bit too much. Um, but there's a case to be made that, you know, Jets at 10, Vikings at 11, Broncos at 12. Like, these are teams that maybe don't need a quarterback to start next year but in two years, perhaps, and that's where maybe J.J. McCarthy tracks as a starter in the NFL. What's your vibe on the Michigan signal call? I think you painted that really well. I'm definitely not in the camp that I'm really confident in him. I'm not one of those people that really thinks that J.J. McCarthy um, is going to guarantee, if you give him the time to sit, is going to put it all together and be a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. He is a very risky prospect. He's very boomer bust. And like you said, end of the first round, if he goes to the right team, he sits for two years, he could potentially work out. My comparison for him, and I'm going to keep pushing this, he reminds me a ton of Daniel Jones. And that's good and bad because Daniel Jones, there's been some highlights. He got to the Giants to the playoffs. I'm a Giants fan. It's frustrated the heck out of me watching Daniel Jones. And the reason why that I compare him is that they're great runners. You can work them into the the, uh, the rushing game by having a lot of read option, a lot of uh, quarterback design runs, and it's going to work well for you because he's a big, strong kid. Um, but the thing that just scares the heck out of me is the decision-making and the internal clock is just not there a lot of times where we've seen with Daniel Jones and we've seen with J.J. McCarthy where don't really sense pressure very well at times. Uh, they don't really have that, that good internal clock on when to get out of the pocket. And then the decision-making on some of his throws have just been horrendous. I mean, his tape against Bowling Green, which is a Mac team, he threw three interceptions. I'm not saying that that's the version of J.J. McCarthy that's going to play in the NFL, but that to me is a little concerning. There is a lot of potential there, but we have to be very, very careful, and I think the NFL should be careful on what he does because his development could go either way. Joe Leon. College football NFL draft analyst for the Believe Network. Follow him on Twitter at Joe DeLeon. We appreciate the time, pal. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. Good stuff. See you, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I just think that the quarterback debates and, Will, we can spend another, you know, hour, two hours, three hours just dissecting the top of this draft with these three decisions with these three quarterbacks. And maybe J.J. slips in there in the top 10 or top 15. I don't know. Be an interesting discussion. All right, more NFL talk and some college hoops. Arizona, Arizona State, I got to the window. Desert Swarm next. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. 
Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. All right, we are back. We appreciate the time here. Beeson Live Bet Saturday. Jared Smith, Will Hill hanging out for the next 45 minutes. I'm live in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. Will Hill on the East Coast hanging out in Connecticut. They are underway at the NBA three-point shootout. We do see um, Trey Young, who producer Cesar is all over tonight. Um, I'm not a big fan of Trey Young in this spot, but... I'm wrong all the time, especially when it comes to the NBA. Not something I bet often. I did put a little bit on Laurie Markin in that over 19 and a half in the first round and uh, plus 750 for the uh, contest. Um, and, Will, you said you got a piece of Laurie as well? I took Laurie seven to one. What the hell? I've yeah. made double bets. I, I, I didn't want to go through. I, I'm sure you've done this too. When you're on air, hey, you talk through a bet, yep. you, you sort of advise, and then you end up, it wins and you don't bet it. It's just stupid. So I'll just, I'll cover myself emotionally here and I'll just. I took a little seven to one. I think good catch and shoot guys been in the spot before. What the hell? Have a little, yeah, little I mean, this is going to started this a little earlier, by the way. It's nine 15 here. It's Saturday night on a, <laughs> they don't on the care East coast. It started a little earlier. They don't care about that. You know what they care about money and they wanted to start it at this time. They've, it, it always has been late. Um, Donovan Mitchell putting together a nice little rack here on the opening. Uh, it looks like 20. I mean, goodness gracious. These guys are blowing past 20. Trey Young had 26. Donovan Mitchell's got 20 and he's got still uh, plenty of plenty of buckets left here. Um, he's going to get What's well over 20. What's the format again? Top, top four advance? Is I that what it is? I think it's the or? top four and they get okay. um, the first round. I think you get to pick, right? That was what we're talking about. You get to pick what money rack you want. And yeah, it's weird. The court's like this lime green. It's a, if you're, I'm assuming if you're watching us, um, it might be your second screen experience. So maybe you have this on the uh, uh, your, your your first screen. But it is a weird look. Like it looks like you're on like an alien planet shooting these balls. Like the LED lights, you're going all over the place. And I thought it was just the the superimposed like you know court that we see on TV. But apparently that actually is like I can see like glow off of the player's body. So, like, they are standing on, like, an LED court right now. Bizarre shooting backdrop. I don't know if it's going to have an impact on, on the shots or not. I'm assuming they, they practiced at least uh, in some capacity with this. But it is definitely a unique shooting environment for the three-point contest. All right, I got to the window on a college basketball. You did basketball say, though, game. you did say there was ahead, a six-figure bet on the total for the under. So maybe somebody thought something with, hey, the backdrop, the court. I mean, they basically just dunked the whole game. But, hey, if you have a, a shaky backdrop, that maybe that's what that person angle was. That's just – that's a very strange thing to – first of all, the bet six figures on an all-star game is strange. The under in the NBA of all things, like that's <laughs> – boy, I can't think of a least thing to have uh, an under on, the under the NBA all-star game. So I, I would – I'd be fascinated to know the reason behind that. But go ahead. I, I agree. I think – and, again, we – not to go off the rails too much, but – we're all in the know here. We work in an industry where a lot of people know everyone. We all get messages and a lot of the best people who sit in these chairs get information sent to them from sure. bookmakers all the time. Some of it's reportable, some of it's interesting, some of it's just like, oh, okay. And it's not something we're gonna talk about on the air, it's just something that we get and we, we absorb and maybe we bet it ourselves, but it's not like a talking point. 
this was a talking point because right. of the way that the bet happened and the event that it was bet on and the market when it was bet, right? Someone who has been successful this year uh, betting college basketball decided that the under was a really good bet in the All-Star game. They just couldn't get down enough at some of the other shops that have bigger numbers, right? Westgate was 368. Offshore is a lot of 366s. We saw uh, DraftKings even in the low 360s. The way that this came down and the way that the market, again, it was weird. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow night. I'm not telling you to go out there and risk your mortgage on the under, but I bet under 366 a little earlier today just for about a unit, unit and a half, and, you know, I'll, I'll just sit back yep. with my popcorn tomorrow and uh, watch it all unfold because Root for I, I'm engaged. Well, what's that? Root for misses in the NBA All-Star game. That would be a fun <laughs> list to come up with. Top five least fun bets to have. I don't know, like oh, over man. in the Iowa football, over in the Iowa football yeah, game, there's one. under NBA All Star game. Yep, there's two. Uh, anything betting against Mahomes. I don't, I don't know the rest, but the, those are. Uh, let's betting put it that against way. Mahomes as a dog. <laughs> yes. If you had to have six figures on the NBA All Star game, under and over an Iowa football game, what would you rather have? Under in the more under in the All Star game. I think there's more variance there, right? Because the more points, the more variance. Uh, yes. Iowa football, like. There's only so many numbers above zero you can get, and they're not getting that high. <laughs> it's only there's a very small window of points that they can score. But I, the All-Star game to me, the NBA All-Star game, it's become such a mutant of what it was. Yeah, It's so hard to book. It's so hard to bet. When you To, to go back to the original point, when you see a six-figure wager on it, it turns your head. And I don't know if it's going to matter at the end. It could just be a dumb bet that, you know, the book loves. But there might be something there. Maybe it's the shooting backdrop. Maybe it's just the way that the construction of the game is going to be set. But, yeah, we'll uh, see. Anyways, I, I did get to the window on the over in Arizona State, Arizona. Uh, 157 was the number I got. There is a rogue 157 here in town. Um, I bet it. Most of the market is 157 and a half. It opened 156. It got bet up to 158, and then it kind of got bought back down. And my guess is it'll settle right in that 157 and a half range. And actually, I'm seeing right now here at Circuit just got bet up to 158 and a half. So late steam on the over. And um, I guess my 157, not a bad number. Um, Arizona State, Arizona tips off in about 10 minutes out there in Tucson. I do think it's going to be a high tempo game. Um, and I think over is the way to go. That was my uh, only wager of the night here as I had all my college basketball bets early in the day as we kind of get into the nightcap. All right, continuing the conversation on the NFL draft because, I, I again, I, I do think this is where the, the focus will be for the next two months. It's the most bettable event in the NFL calendar for the next until we get to the season, right, preseason. And it's just become such an interesting event. And I, I think the quarterbacks are going to be where it's – talked about at the top we're all in agreement that Caleb Williams is going to be the first quarterback taken but I just don't know which team and I I, I can make the case and, and we appreciate Joe uh, DeLeon coming on um, in our last segment and really making a really making a case for Drake May where do you stand on that Will um, we didn't talk a lot about Drake May I gave you my analysis I think you know the size for for Drake compared to Jaden Daniels maybe you give him a little bit of the nod but Daniels obviously with more experience uh, at the college level, playing against bigger talent. Maybe, you know, the Trubisky stuff and the Howell stuff works against Drake May, but it shouldn't. But maybe it does, public perception-wise. Do you agree with Joe that Drake May maybe a, a little bit undervalued here on the card? He should be the number two quarterback, maybe even get looks for the number one guy? Yeah, I mean, he threw, uh, threw around some interesting names, Stroud and Herbert. I mean, if he's 80% of those guys, you got a hell of a pick at two, three, wherever you take them. So... Boy, I've heard I've heard experts. I've heard you know people I trust on both sides of May. Where hey, I wouldn't touch them, or hey, I love them. I, I, I like them. I like them. I don't know if I love them, uh, but I'm curious because you you're not sure it's Caleb to the Bears. If I what number would you need on like a no on Caleb to the Bears? Like two to one, three to one, four to yeah, one, anything five. with a plus sign. Okay, five, five so you is still like think the best. So you still think it's very likely that he's yeah, going to the Bears. yeah. I I, okay. I just think there's a scenario out there that Chicago sees where they are as a franchise. They didn't fire Matt Everflus. Everyone thought he was going to be the first coach to get fired or among the first coaches, and they kept him. So you have to think, well, my guess is he gets a one-year leash. Well, if you got a one-year leash, you want to draft the quarterback of the future 
and start him off with a head coach that's on a one-year leash? Like, I thought if they wanted to really clean house and completely burn the place down and start fresh, you fire Everflus, you you get the new head coach in there, and you let that coach and that regime pick the quarterback. Because what if you bring, what if you, you 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 draft Caleb Williams? You have a disaster season. He's in Chicago. He's miserable. He's cold. You fire Everflus at the end of the year, which probably should have been what happened last year. And the new coach you bring in is like, you know, I really don't love this Caleb Williams guy you just drafted. Yeah. Like I, I just like that's like the disaster scenario that my brain goes to. That I can still see a 10, 15, 20 percent chance that the Bears just say, "Okay, Justin, run it back. We'll give you every possible." talent player offensive skill position defensive we got ton of cap space we got draft picks but Justin Fields is 10 and 28 in his career like it, it, it's probably going to end bad so I, I don't know I'm, I'm on the fence a little bit yeah but I like again you, you said you need like five to one to yeah. take it I'm with you I, I I'd expect it to be Caleb I just don't think they're going to want to pay Fields. I know you have to pay him right away but you're gonna have to pay him soon and you're not going to be in this position to draft a quarterback this high uh, so you either think Fields is great and he can go head to head with guys like Mahomes and the, the guys in the AFC, or you know you're looking for a new guy. So I, I I do think it'll be Caleb. I don't know if there's any value there, but I do think it'll be Caleb to the Bears. The other scenario is Chicago thinks Caleb's not the guy, but maybe Washington does. You trade back, you take two, you take the third pick, and then you draft the other guy that you like, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, maybe JJ McCarthy, probably not. But maybe. All of these are interesting discussions. And I just got a tweet from Vegas Terry Ray on Twitter. Thank you for this tweet. Um, he sent me a Reddit post about Merrill Hodge and the Caleb Williams opinion he had. And some other interesting takes that Merrill has had on quarterbacks. And I think this is a noteworthy discussion. Because if we're basing our decision on Caleb Williams on one Merrill Hodge analysis, maybe we should look at the other historical analyses for Merrill Hodge with quarterbacks. More on that next. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Well, if you're looking for a betting edge on college basketball, the VSAN experts have got you covered. Become a VSAN Pro subscriber today. Get our daily best bet emails, 24 7 video access, upcoming college hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VSAN.com. Exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. VSAN.com slash pro subscribe today. That is VSAN.com slash pro. Onward we go couple segments left here of the program we appreciate you joining us here on visa and live at saturday jared smith will hill i am live in vegas will hanging out on the east coast tonight we just saw the first round of the three-point contest not conclude because we had a four-way tie at the top by the way our dude Lori markinen went over 19 and a half easily went over 20 and a half easily finished with 25 but it wasn't good enough because carl anthony towns and trey young and damian lillard all had 26 in the first round um, I think one other guy was at 26, might have been Mitchell. But regardless, they're having a shoot-off right now to see of the top four that I just mentioned, three of them will go to the final. Trey Young is shooting right now. It is however many you can make in a 30-second span will determine the uh, tiebreaker. And listen, like I said, very difficult to bet this from a sharp analytical perspective. It's even harder to book it. Um, but Towns, I thought that was the guy at the bottom of the list, Will, that maybe had a shot because of his prowess. He's won it before, and um, he had a really good first round. Lillard also a good first round. Trey Young, who our producer Cesar has some money on, um, is looking okay too here. But, man, this is this is a fun event. I, I think the three-point contest, in my eyes, has leaped, uh, leaps and bounds ahead of the dunk contest in terms of excitement uh, as they get to a conclusion here. Yeah, I agree, because you, you get to see the genuine, just pure skill on display, and they're trying. It's Look, you can't, you know, half-heartedly shoot uh, a three-pointer in. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a tough one for marketing, or those of us that bet marketing, I threw a little seven-to-one. Uh, that's 100 bucks I'll never see again. Um, <laughs> you hit nine in a row, and you hit nine in a row, you figure you finish with 25 points, you don't even get to advance. That's a tough Tough uh, way to go out. But, yeah, these guys are really stroking it. It is. Tyrese Halliburton, not uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, was the uh, fourth contender here in the tiebreaker. And that was the other guy that I thought, you know, home cooking, um, maybe had a chance. But the way that they're 
basing the rims and 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 this court like it just it i don't think anyone had a home court advantage here um with this it looks like they're playing on like a slime court it's just a very odd color scheme and lighting uh backdrop to have a shooting contest in and i don't know if the nba all-star game will also be played on this court with the lighting the way that it is tomorrow i have no idea how they're setting that up but that information might be useful if you are betting on the All-Star Game tomorrow. All right, um, I mentioned this uh, 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 Twitter uh, friend of ours, Vegas Terry Ray, sent me this um, uh, Reddit post about Merrill Hodge. I will read the Reddit post, and sure. we can just react to it. So this is from um, Reddit user Insane. I won't read his, read his username. It's from a Dynasty football um, group, though. Merrill Hodge, the first scout I've seen rip into Caleb. He famously said Manziel would be a massive bust. Don't put too much stock into that because... Everyone with a brain knew Manziel wouldn't translate. That's fair. Just this past year, he had Stroud as his QB1, didn't have a first-round grade on Didn't have a first-round grade on Bryce Young. Um, that's pretty impressive. On the other hand, though, and here's – so they, we told you the upside on, on, on Merrill Hodges' analysis, right? He, he got Johnny Manziel right. He got the, um, the C.J. Stroud and uh, uh, Bryce Young debate right. But he also had Joe Burrow as the only quarterback uh, first-round talent in a class that had Herbert Tua, Jordan Love, and Jalen Hurts. He also had Zach Wilson and Trey Lance ahead of Justin Fields in 21. Also had Trubisky over to Sean Watson and Mahomes in 2017. So, again, not every analyst gets every prediction right. I think Merrill Hodge, we are giving him a lot of credit, rightfully so, for the Johnny Manziel stuff and maybe the uh, Bryce Young, uh, C.J. Stroud stuff, but... There are some negatives to Merrill Hodges' grading record with uh, quarterbacks. Uh, listening to that analysis and, and listening to the quarterbacks that Merrill Hodge missed on, does it change your your, your vibe and how he assessed um, the situation this year with Caleb Williams? Not necessarily. I think it's interesting to uh, to think about, interesting discussion. There's going to be a lot. I don't think Hodge is going to be the last guy to be down on Caleb because there's going to be a little bit of an old school, new school divide. You know, the painting the nails, the crying after the game. He's on commercials. He comes off as a little, a little California. You know, he's uh, a little <laughs> bit of, you know, I don't know if Diva's fair, but there is a little bit of, uh, you know, the old school football guy is not going to love him. Uh, from that perspective, they're going to have their concerns. So I don't think this is the last we've heard about it, but. Look, I mean, if he, if he plays well, I think the, the more concern is just on the field, the the playground plays, the ill-advised throws, playing within structure. I think that stuff is real. So I think he's a good player. I've given up on this idea that, hey, this guy's generational, that guy's generational. We heard that about Lawrence. Lawrence is going to be the next, you know, the best quarterback prospect since, I don't know, Peyton Manning or whoever. Even Andrew Luck, who was good, who wasn't given a, a, a great surroundings in Indy. You have to say Andrew Luck was slightly disappointing. Lawrence, I think, has been massively disappointing. So. Yeah. Boy, I've gotten to the point. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's just, it's very hard to project these quarterbacks. It really is difficult. I agree. I agree. And I think, again, it comes down to what I talked about a little earlier in the show. It is the draft analyst's job to evaluate the players. The betting analyst, us, we have to evaluate the team's evaluation of the players. How we feel about Caleb Williams is irrelevant. How do the Bears feel about Caleb Williams? That's the information I want to right. know. So I, we can analyze these quarterbacks till we are blue in the face. We all watched them in college. We kind of know the top and bottom of their ceiling and floor. What do the Bears think? What do the commanders think? Those are the strands of information that I'm yearning for. We're not going to get them anytime soon. We might get them in the combine. We'll probably start to hear things after the combine that week leading up to the draft. But as we also discussed earlier in the show, that information last year, which we rely on so heavily, was flawed on multiple levels. CJ Stroud being the prime example of it. So while us as betting analysts are thirsty for this information, like we are, you know, stranded in the desert, dying of thirst, if the water is bacteria ridden, it doesn't help us at all. So I think that's where I struggle here. And I keep going back and forth on what the Bears should do compared to what I think they will do. And I, I'm at a loss. I'm at a standstill. I appreciate Terry Ray, uh, Vegas Terry Ray on Twitter, sending us that Reddit update. I didn't know about um, Merrill Hodges, uh, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson um, botches. That was something I didn't know. That piece of information is helpful. And I agree that there is a little diva with Caleb Williams. I think the, like the fit, in my eyes, 
is better in Washington with his Kingsbury buddy, where he's from, his hometown, compared to Chicago, which can be a really difficult and unforgiving place to live if things aren't going well. I just talked to a buddy that lives in Chicago. It's the middle of February. He doesn't even want to step outside of his apartment right now. That's how cold and miserable it is to live in that town. And that's it's just weather. Southern California, I know the NFC East has weather too, but Chicago is a completely different animal. Congrats to, um, man, what a three-point contest this was. We had a very close tiebreaker here, Will. Looks like Dame Lillard, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young are going to be heading to the finals. So congrats to producer Cesar. He's got Trey Young in the final. Um, of those three, which one do you think is going to take it home, do you think? Horrible three-point contest. I completely disagree. <laughs> I lost. I don't care who wins. Uh, who's in it still? It's uh, Trey Young. It's um, Halliburton just got knocked out. So okay. it's Trey Young. It's um, it's Towns, and it is uh, Lillard. So the last two okay. champs are both in it, Lillard and Towns, and then Halliburton I'll being go, the one that odd man out. I'll go Trey. I like the way Trey shooting the ball. I'll go Trey. Me yeah. too. And plus, I want someone to win money here tonight. So. Um, yeah, do they Caesar, have live odds for this or no? I, I looked. Caesar, try to find if you can find live odds for it, but I, I, I looked. I couldn't keep find up it. With shot by shot. They'd have to take it, it. Like, I know in Home Run Derby, they update, like, after rounds and stuff. Yeah. They do their best to to give people action because, like, similar to the Home Run Derby, it's a dead time of the year. And if you're, the limits are small enough, you know what? If you're lagging behind a little bit, you know, you just you give people something to bet on and what the hell, why not? Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's anything I jump in on. But we're down to three here. So that's – uh. Look, these guys have been shooting the ball extremely well. That's a tough one. Like I said, bet marketing hit nine in a row. You get to twenty-five and two, uh, not even advance. That's uh, you get. Look, you, you bet this stuff. You play stupid games. You get stupid prizes. <laughs> well, I'll give you this tweet too by our friend uh, Raheem Palmer. Does a great job covering uh, the NBA for the Ringer and FanDuel. Um, it, so here you go. This is his tweet, and I agree with him 100%, and this goes to what we just talked about. The NBA should get rid of all the Moneyball racks. It's added way too much variance and luck to the contest. And the quote tweet on top of that was, Markinen made the most threes and didn't even make it to the final round. Oh, that annoys me. I right? didn't know that. Thing. Because he only hit two on the Moneyball rack, and everyone else went off on the Moneyball rack, and it's worked two to one. So I agree. Like I think the variance of the Moneyball rack, but to be fair, there is strategy involved because you can place sure. – the money ball rack in your supposed hot zone, right? When you look at a baseball chart, you see the hot zone at the top, cold zone. Like, you can put the ball right there, whereas sometime in the home run derby, we see this all the time, the handicapping the pitchers in the home run derby sometimes is more important because you got to right. put it right in that sweet spot or else you're not going to get in a groove. These guys can put it in the sweet spot, but in this particular case, I guess Lori Markinen chose the wrong sweet spot because he only made two on the money ball rack, and that ended up costing him a trip to the finals much to our chagrin we will finally uh wrap this show up on the other side last segment on beast and live bet saturday next at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie, too, for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. 
I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. This week on DraftKings Sportsbook, new customers can deposit five, get a no sweat bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet loses. Download the app, use promo code VSIN. When you sign up, DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right, we wrap things up here on VSIN Live Bet Saturday. Jared Smith, Will Hill, hanging out with you. It's been a blast of a show. We want to thank our guest, Andrew O'Connor Watts from the Action Network, joined us in our first hour, or actually, it was in our second hour. Talking a little NBA, not only All-Star break, but also beyond in the second half of the regular season. We had Ryan McIntyre on from the College Experience. Does a great job with the Sports Gambling Podcast and their network uh, talking some college hoops. And Joe DeLeon talking NFL Draft. Some really good insight on Drake May. Maybe that's the guy that we should be targeting um, of the other quarterbacks in the mix. He thinks Drake May could be that... um, Maybe not targeting in the draft, but maybe whatever team he goes to. A little bit upside with Drake May um, as we get forward into draft season. But the NBA All-Star Saturday night festivities taking center stage now. It is Damian Lillard in the final round here of the three-point shootout. And this has been a star-studded three-point shootout, Will. Um, Unfortunately, our our buddy Laurie Markkinen bowed out. But, man, Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, three of the brightest stars in the game today, duking it out. Lillard trying to defend his title. Towns, of course, won two years ago. Trey Young doesn't quite have the pedigree of the other two. Um, and it does look like Dame Lillard is going to advance here past Trey Young. So Lillard with 26 points eliminates Trey Young. That gives Carl Anthony Towns a chance to win it um, if he can exceed 26 points. That's been his high for the first two rounds. So that's going to be a tough uh, number to overcome, but it does look like Towns might be the guy here if we can get over 26. And I, I don't know if you have the sound on, you probably don't do in the show. I guess Allie LaForce was interviewing Towns and said, hey, how would it feel? Uh, you're, you're the first big man to to win this award. How does that feel? Something like that. It's like, dude, that's not the case. Dirk has won this award. There have been other big guys. Oh. So that was, uh, look, we, we've all made mistakes, but that, that was just not true. Dirk, Dirk won this award, so... Yeah, we're down to uh, down to what t- towns and dames. So this actually went by pretty quickly. I thought it, it started like a little too late. I mean, oh, and it's yeah, over. Dame, Dame, that was the winner. So so towns was actually he did below. Win. Okay. Yeah. So towns was below. Um, I so they didn't have a scoreboard again. This is very hard to track as we're doing a lot. It show is here. hard. It really is. Uh, um, it's not like we have like a it game cast back and forth. Um, but yeah, Dame is uh, the winner. So back to back for Dame. I, when was the last time we had back to back champions in the three point contest? I'm not sure. We're gonna get research on that, and we'll yeah. have an answer by Monday at the latest. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer <laughs> to that. Um, you know, like his team's not winning any games. They just lost to Memphis as like 14 point favorites, and his team's a total disaster. Doc Rivers has not solved that situation, no. but he's uh, he's got a little hardware. To, uh, to bring home at least. Yeah, I was going to say, if Dame had to ask when he got traded to Milwaukee, hey, you're going to win a championship this year, not the NBA championship, the three-point right. championship. But congrats, though, bud. Um, back-to-back there for Dame. I think he was going off at like four, five to one, somewhere in that yeah. range. He was at the top of the market. Um, Towns was the long shot there that had a chance to come through. He was like plus 750, plus 800, somewhere in that range. Um, but again, Laurie Markkinen had the most uh, makes in the first round there did go over my 19 and a half which was really all i cared about um but we would have liked to see him at least make it to the final round i think that's a that's a loophole in the scoring of the three-point contest if you make the most buckets in the first round you should get like an automatic bid to the second round even if it's not the most points because of the way that it's structured like it should be kind of like when you win the when you win your mid-major league, but you don't make the NCAA tournament because you get knocked out in the conference tournament, you get that. We used to, not anymore, but we used to get that auto bid to the NIT, right? I, I think that they should maybe put that in as a bit of a, a bit of a loophole there, an amendment to the rules. But um, uh, congrats to Dame Lillard. Uh, he is your champion. So, so now we move on to the 
the I guess the novelty three-point uh, shooting contest tonight. We are going to get Steph Curry against Sabrina Ionescu. DraftKings right now has Steph Curry as a minus 235, Ionescu plus 165. Again, good luck pricing this. Ionescu is using a different ball, going from a different part of the court. Of course, the three-point line is in a different spot for the women than the men. And I think she's so. shooting the NBA one. I think I saw that a okay. few minutes ago that she will shoot from the NBA distance. Which, well, that's why she's a huge that's underdog. That's the case. I think I might lay the minus two. Again, you, you want to sit here and lay 235 no. on an exhibition like this? You probably don't, but Curry might be good for it. Again, I don't what, – what, what's the difference? You know top of your head what the difference is between NBA and WNBA 3? Three? three feet, maybe if that, maybe two. Okay. It's short. It's right. maybe even a foot. I mean, it's – in my mind, it's like this – but I, I, I can't comprehend that in terms of what the video looks like compared to what, um, you know, at the actual distances. I would bet between one and two feet probably is under three feet, above one feet. That would be my range. Between one and three, probably one or one and a half or two um, would be the difference. I wonder how there. much of a difference that makes. Maybe it matters. Maybe it doesn't. I'm not really sure how to I would that. think it does. But probably a little. Also... Yeah, I mean, in your head, you got to think Steph wins seven out of ten times, probably. So that gives you a little bit of value. But I wouldn't right. bet. I wouldn't bet minus two thirty-five. I just wait, just chill. Actually, it wouldn't even give you that much value. Minus two hundred sixty-six percent. So it's probably right on the spot. But I don't know. Maybe you get to eight out of ten scenarios, Dame wins, then you can bet it. But I, I, I wouldn't bet Dame. I bet. I, let's leave it at this. I bet the crowd's gonna be rooting for Sabrina. That's for sure. Um, especially, you know, considering Steph, you know, it's an, it's an Eastern Conference city. Um, I doubt he's got a lot of home cooking there uh, in Indianapolis. It's not like they're playing it in Charlotte or North Carolina or something where he's, like, got a hometown crowd behind him. So. People want to root for the underdog, too, just because that's just, like, I guess there's there's probably something to that. Yeah. And how about this Michigan-Michigan State game, Will? Uh, we haven't talked about this over the last eh, hour or so, but Michigan's hanging right there, right down three, eight minutes to go. Um, you're, you caught six uh, with the Wolverines, but they have absolutely stayed in this game. Um, have you kept up on this one uh, as we get about midway through the second half there in Ann Arbor? Yeah, I was feeling pretty good maybe a good 10 minutes ago. I think I saw them have like a six or seven point lead Then you go through the whole thing. Oh, man, I should have bet more on this. Yeah. Uh, but now it's now it's in a position where, I mean, I still feel okay down three, but I mean, there are no lock with the free throws at the end. There's still plenty of time, only up three, catching six are only down three catching six here. I mean, I'm no lock to cover this game. So would expect this to be tight. I feel okay with the six in my pocket. I know your game started. Arizona State's got an early, what, 7-4 lead over Arizona. So that game is just getting going. Um, how quickly do you start to sweat your over? Are you like, oh, right if away. I get an over, me too, right away. Right away. A scoreless first 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, man, my bet's in Done. trouble. I, I'm, I'm with you, especially a high total. When you're betting over a high total, you're uh you know you're sweating that thing from the start i always say overs are anger and unders are sweats that's how i always like that those are the emotions i feel i get angry when the teams don't make free throws go slow yeah like it's just it's like angst whereas the unders it's like nail biting edge of my seat every shot is like this like oh Oh, it's like I'm twisting in the wind. Like I hit a golf shot and I'm trying to give it the old body English to get on the green. Like that's how I feel when I bet an under. When I bet an over, I'm just like, I'm just like screaming, like perpetual anger and angst at the screen. Go faster, make more shots. Whereas unders, I'm like, chill, relax. Like it's like such a different vibe um, between over and under. But a decent start. I'm seeing 13-12 on the live number here between Arizona and Arizona State. They just went to the under-16 timeout. Live total there, 164.5. And, and again, this Michigan-Michigan State game, um, it's tight, 63-61. Sparty's got the lead, but uh, they're at the under-8 now. So there's still a couple you know, a couple segments of this game left. But um, it, right now, Michigan is a 3.5-point underdog. So uh, clearly uh, in better situation than the 6 that um, Will was catching their live total at 156 and a half. Let's finish up. Uh, man, uh, we haven't One talked quick about game. I wanted to yeah, touch go ahead, on. Go ahead. Yale Princeton Yale down eight on ESPN two to Princeton. This is a rematch of the title game last year. Both these teams are pretty good. Yale should have got in. Yale was the one seed last year, had to play at Princeton, whatever weird Ivy League rules they had, and Princeton got the bid. Remember, Princeton upset Arizona. Yep. Uh, whoever wins, keep them in mind when bracket time comes around. Whoever wins the Ivy is very light. Both these teams are very good. Love that. And yeah, uh, Yale had a nice win yesterday over Penn, um, covered the number. I, I believe uh, one of the analysts that I was doing the show with, with Tim Murray on Beeson Primetime earlier this week, 
I believe Rocco something. I forget his last name, and I apologize for blanking on it. He gave out Yale um, on Thursday in that spot against Penn. Very nice win. The Ivy's tough, right? Well, like, it's the back-to-back. Like, it's a really tough handicap when you get those Friday-Saturday games in the Ivy. It is. You know, it, it definitely is. The back-to-back is unusual. Uh, it used to be the Friday night was just for just for the Ivies. You get um, you get it always the, on that Friday night. But, yeah, keep these teams in mind. Yale could absolutely beat somebody. Princeton could absolutely beat somebody. Um, the market has kind of caught on to these Cinderella teams, these low lower uh, conference teams in, in round one. It used to be you're getting 15, 16 points. You're not going to be getting out with these teams. You're going to be getting more like 7-8 if they're on like that 14 line. But both these teams very dangerous. Mm. Yep, Princeton up eight right now under four timeout. Looks like they are in position. Um, Yale has not lost in the Ivy League yet this year. 17-6 and six overall, 8-0 and oh in the Ivy. Princeton's actually lost twice in the Ivy League, um, which is a surprise for them. All right, I want to thank our guests again, Andrew O'Connor-Watts from the Action Network, Ryan McIntyre from the Sports Gambling Network, and Joe DeLeon from Believe Network. I'm Jared Smith for Will Hill, for Cesar Becerra, and all of our VEASAN staff signing off here on Live That Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.